In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy One, who is our everything. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, um, if you haven't been with us for the past few sermons, the way that this is going to go is I'm going to talk about some stuff, and then I'm going to bring up a song. And um, then I'm going to talk about how that song and the psalm kind of work together. Everybody good on that? Good. Here we go. So um, when you were listening to those readings that Elsa was reading and that I was reading, you probably got kind of a sense that this was Food Sunday. Right. So in in the the Isaiah reading, you have this rich banquet that's being put before all of the people. And then in um, in the psalm, like I was saying with the kids, you have Jesus sitting down in the presence of of enemies with um, uh, you. And then uh, you get to Paul. Uh, Paul kind of goes his own way, but eventually you kind of get to this, like, I can be okay even if I'm hungry or in the presence of plenty. And then after that, then you have uh, Jesus telling the parable about this great wedding banquet. Pardon me. And so you have all of these different kind of food things popping up. And so as I was thinking about this and as I was thinking like, okay, what songs go with Psalm 23 and what goes with the rest of these readings? um, All of a sudden I started thinking to myself a a kind of uh, older, maybe a little bit obscure, but you probably know it. Billy Joel song that goes on for seven minutes. Bottle of red. Bottle of white. Right? It all depends on your appetite. I'll meet you anytime you want in our, anybody know? Italian restaurant. And the whole thing, the whole song, since so that you don't have to listen to all seven minutes of it, is about. Billy Joel, presumably, or whoever the the protagonist character is, getting together with this person whom he hasn't seen in a while. And they're sitting together at this Italian restaurant, and they're talking about what has happened in their lives and the lives of the people that are around them. And the thing that keeps on getting brought up as kind of a refrain is that all of these things in life continue to happen, and they just keep on going on. But the one thing that they can always count on is that they can go and they can sit by the street in this Italian restaurant and they can share a bottle of Chianti or whatever. And they can process it together and they can talk about it and everything for just a little while is okay. The rest of the world can go and do what it wants as long as we can sit here at our Italian restaurant. Well, King David, Italians weren't even a thing then. So when King David was writing Psalm 23, he didn't write that he was getting together with God at this Italian restaurant. But maybe he could have. And maybe that's a desire that we have sometimes with God. Wouldn't it be great if we can just phone up God and we could be like, hey, God, will you meet me at Bella Bella in Midtown? And let's get together and let's 
have a bottle of wine. And to some degree, that's exactly what you're doing here. It's fulfilling some of that need of communication with God, some of that want of that intimacy with God. And it's this thing that we really desire, especially in the midst of a world that seems to change and and go its own way so much of the time. And a part of that is that it's just nice to have somebody else there with you. I mean, if you go to that Italian restaurant and you order the bottle of wine by yourself, they call you an alcoholic. But if you order that wine with somebody else, then, well, that's maybe a little better. And Marvin Gaye knew that. All of these Motown songs seem to be popping up. You guys must. Um, And Marvin Gaye and, and Kim Weston sing... Uh, uh, this kind of duo where it goes back and forth about what one person can do versus what the what two people can do. And so um, uh, she says, Kim Weston does, uh, one can have a dream, baby. And then Marvin Gaye chimes in, but two can make that dream so real. One can talk about being in love. Two can say how it really feels. One can wish upon a star. Two can make that wish come true. One can stand alone in the dark. And two can make the light shine through. It takes two, baby. It takes two. Me and you, it takes two. It takes two, baby. It takes two to make a dream come true. Just takes two. And... That's something that I I think we understand about ourselves, that we crave somebody else to be there with us, even when we're all alone, that we crave having somebody there to be that other person. Because we can talk about love, but we can't say what it really feels unless there's Two of us. We can do all sorts of things by ourselves, but when it really gets down to it, if there's more than one person there, there's something special. There's something unique. Jesus even talks about this when he says that where two or three are gathered, there am I among you. That there's something about that gathering together, and there's something that we want to do as Christians, as we look to God and we say, can we get together? Wouldn't that be great? And that's what Psalm 23 so often is about. When we go to Psalm 23, we're looking for that shepherd to come into our lives. We're looking for that closeness, that feeling that we're being included somehow in this thing. And we're looking for a way in which that makes everything all right. And yet at times, well, we have to kind of think that there are times where maybe we're joining ourselves to the wrong thing, and maybe to the wrong person, and 
Maybe sometimes even that's us in our own sins. And when you start going through Psalm 23, you start automatically, you, you start to see that there's something that's not quite right. I mean, although this is a psalm that gives us so much comfort and has so much grace in it, that you can't look at this psalm and say that everything is as it should be. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, you place a table before me in the presence of my enemies? Things are not as they should be. There's this shadow of the valley of death. You're in the valley of death. There's enemies around you. This Italian restaurant is seemingly located in Mosul. There's something not right here. And sometimes the reason that it's not right is, well, it's our own fault. Because instead of going to our Lord, we've gone to... Well, what Eminem and Rihanna call the monster. You thought I couldn't bring Eminem into this, didn't you? Or Rihanna. She's kind of... Rihanna sings, I'm friends with the monster that's under my bed. Get along with the voices inside of my head. You're trying to save me. Stop holding your breath. And you think I'm crazy... Yeah, you think I'm crazy. How often is that the case with us? That God looks at us and thinks that we're crazy because we are. Because instead of going to him, we go to these sins that we love to commit. Instead of going to him and enjoying his communion, what we do is we enjoy Those things that hurt us. We make friends with the monsters that are under our bed. We listen to those voices inside of our head that tell us to do those wrong-headed things. And we find ourselves in the midst of those sins as our enemies. We find ourselves not only our own sins being our enemies, but we find ourselves sitting at a table where our enemies surround us and they're not only our sins. So it's not like we could just stop sinning and all of a sudden they wouldn't be there. But they're also the sins of other people. And so we're doubly, triply quadruply surrounded by all of these sins and all of a sudden it just looks like it's so much easier to just give up and go with them and listen to their voices and join them underneath the bed than what it is to attach ourselves to this shepherd but God responds to us in those situations in a very rescuing way. He walks himself into the valley of the shadow of death by engaging in that death on the cross. 
He walks into the presence of the enemies of our sins by allowing himself to be crucified for those sins. He sets a table of his own body and blood before us in the presence of those enemies, in the presence of those sins, so that he might give us forgiveness, so that he might give us new life, so that he might watch after us with his rod and with his staff and lead us to still waters. Because he is our everything. He is the one who fulfills everything that we need. It's not like he's just here to forgive us of our sins. He's also here to do so much more. He's here to guard and protect us. He's here to be a father figure to us. He's here to give us a community. He's here for so, so much that at some point we just have to say, you are it. You're my everything. And so we sing along with the temptations. Now I was blessed the day I found you. Going to build my whole world around you. You're everything good, God. And you're all that matters to me. When my way was dark and troubles were near, your love provided the light I, so I could see. Just knowing your love was near when times were bad kept the world from closing in on me. Amen.